Uh, welcome to the Refu Refuge Bible Study Community, where we cultivate our faith in the shelter of God's word. And I am here with my friend, Stacy March. She is a new author. She is uh, one of the duo of the Havar International Ministry and Podcast. And um, I just wanted to uh, welcome her today to this space to talk about her awesome new book. Thanks for coming, Stacy. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, you're my first one. So I couldn't, I mean, if I had chosen who I was going to go live with first, it would have been you. Oh. I we just love you. You've become just such a, a good friend to Tabitha and I over at Havar and you are one of our VARs, which we'll get into later. So yeah. I just, I'm just so happy that I'm here with you. So thanks for having me. I love that. So just so you all know, uh, last December, I got to go over and speak near to Stacy and Tabitha's hometown and got to actually meet them in person, which was like one of the highlights of 2021 for me. It was just awesome. Yeah, we had so much fun. We ate good. We talked gooder. And it just was, was so fun. You were like, should we go shopping? No, we should just yeah. keep talking and talking, yeah. talking. And we were talking about this book for quite a bit of that time. Well, yeah, because I was trying yeah. to figure out how to birth the thing. <laughs> You're like, this, this hey, baby you was overdue. <laughs> trying to figure out how to get it out. And who else am I going to ask but an author? So oh. thanks for your help. You are so welcome. Um, so her book is called Chosen, The Fire of Intimacy with the Lord of the Harvest. So um, in the book, you talk a little bit about the story of how this birth or this book was birthed. Um, so could you share a little bit of that journey with everybody? Yeah, and I'll, I'm going to try to talk about this without crying because I just this is such a, a per, just a personal journey for me. Yeah. And it was just so many years in the making. But basically not to go into the, the bowels of it, but basically um, the Lord when my, once my, I had a second grader and a rising second grader and my girl, my twin girls were going into about to start kindergarten. And it was about that time. The Lord said, I want you to quit everything that you're doing. And I want you to come to the floor. And it was one of, it wasn't just like this beautiful invitation. There was discipline there that he had to administer to me. And, but out of the discipline, um, I found it's just so much love there and approval. It wasn't discipline like punishment, but I knew that I had to stay. And so, but I kept wondering like, how long do I have to stay here? And a month turned into six months, turned into a year, turned into for a total of seven years. Basically, I was just at, I think in the book, I even say it was kind of at the whim of a God who I wasn't sure would come back the next day. That's how, that's how depraved I felt, but how also weirdly and oddly sure that because he showed up today, he was going to come back tomorrow, but I wasn't quite sure, you know, it was just that. So it was just this crazy, crazy time of just him consecrating me, removing my life of all the impurities and finally getting me to step into what I was called to do by teaching me all the things I was chosen for. So 
in the probably about two or three years into this, I started having dreams that I was a writer. And I just thought, this is so weird. Like I'm, I went to school for music. Like I'm not a writer, you know, anything that comes out of me is just like by mistake, you know? And so I kept having these dreams. And then one night I actually dreamed the cover of this book the font it was written in, the title, the colors, everything. And I thought, well, that's odd since I'm never going to write a book. Like, why would I dream that? And then not knowing, I had not told anybody, all I did was draw it in my journal. So one morning, a friend of mine called from Queens, New York, had not talked to her. She didn't know anything about this. And I picked up the phone and I said, Hey, cause I hadn't heard from her in a while. And she goes, I want to read something you've written. And it was literally like I was hit by a two by four of wind. And I hit my knees and was bawling, bawling. And we got off the phone and I went to the computer and I never stopped. Ah, that's oh my gosh. I, I love that. I, I know I've, I've shared some of my story too. And there are these moments that just show up and you're just like, Oh, like you, you know, I found myself like practically on my knees, bawling my eyes out in the middle of a, you know, water park, getting Christmas music sent to me in June. That's right. I remember yes. you telling that story That's yes. crazy. and God going like, this is it for you. I want you to do this. I brought you all the way across the country. I put you in this place so that you would hear the thing that you would know it was me. And it's like, when you have this intimacy with the Lord, like he will take you places that you just don't expect at all. And send people who were like, yes, what is happening? But this is amazing. But this is scary, but it's awesome. And oh my gosh, I love that. I can oh. testify. You're right. You are spot on right. Yeah. Um, so I, I love how you put together. It sounds like, you know, God over a series of years led you to all of these little vignettes that you write throughout the book. Like, for example, you know, you look at the table of contents and like, there are just a few pages for each, um, for each topic. And you start off with chosen for no special reason. And then there are so many other little you know, pieces that drive you all the way to the book to the end of chosen for harvest. And then in each chapter, you, um, you have a threshing floor section of reflection questions, which I love too. Um, but what was your favorite chosen vignette to write? To write, I'm going to say the chosen for romance. Mm. I, this, this one wrecked me. I, this is how I made it through this season is this is almost my journal. This is my journal, not almost. This is my journal. This is how I got through it. I actually really never expected it to be a book. Really. I just thought he was showing me the book because he wanted me to write it out. So I was really surprised that he just kept pushing until we actually published it. But Mm -hmm. I say that to say that for me, writing was a way to process what he was telling me. And just this chosen for romance, uh, it just, it wrecked me beyond words. I, I wrote it. I feel like I wrote this over and over and over. Like, I know this is the final copy, but I just wrote about the romance of him, what he's capable of what I didn't know for all those years. So that was probably my favorite one to write because 
it went the deepest for me, mm. especially because people don't talk about the romance of Jesus. It yeah. feels almost sacrilegious in a way to talk about this man who loves a woman in such a deep and intimate way. And then on the other side of that, I also know it can be a very painful topic for some women who don't think of intimacy and romance in a way that would invite them to know Jesus as lover. So I also invite the reader to just think about some areas where they may, may need healing um, because that that topic is so close to my heart too, just because of the women that I work with and, and just the area of the church I'm called to. So that was, that's my favorite one, I think to have written. Oh, I love that. I haven't read, read that one yet. So uh, as soon as we get done with this call, that's when I'm going to hit that <laughs> one right away. <laughs> um, and so how do you hope uh, for people to be changed by reading this book? You know, I hope it invites them into a relationship they never knew was possible. I hope it invites them into a slow. I, since it came out, I've committed to getting up just so early in the mornings and I'm going through it again myself, not because I need to read it again. I believe me, yeah, I have lived it, <laughs> threshed this out. You even mentioned like the questions at the end. I was joking with my friend the other day and I was like, I took it easy on them. They have no idea what the threshing floor really was. Like this makes it, this makes it seem like there were like two or three questions at the end of every day that the Lord would neatly and tidily <laughs> ask me. No, we no. are talking I mean, a threshing floor where he taught me just so much about how just the wheat and tearing away the, just the nasty yeah. chap in our lives that are just gross, idolatrous worship. Like, oh my gosh, you know, the tearing away of idol worship is just painful. So it's not so neat, you know, that you, it's not as neat as how you have to put it in a book. Um, but I hope anyway, and I pray as I'm praying every morning for every woman who's going through this, that they would feel the fire of God touch them, that they would feel that call to intimacy, that as they go through and they just spend time with the Lord, really threshing it out with him, that not only would they gain knowledge of him, but they would become consecrated, set apart unto that thing for which they were made. It's, it's an amazing, amazing place. And lately we've sort of adopted this, this phrase to describe it is the floor is your door. And unless oh. you go to the floor, you, you'll never go through the door of calling. Never. It requires a consecration. It requires a floor. And that's where I want every person who reads this to end up on the floor face to face with a God who said, I would rather hurt myself than hurt you. That's how much I love you. That's how much. Yeah. So to know this love, but it's not in the end, what it leads us to is that there is a place that we're all invited to know him because in the coming days, it will be too great of a task to serve him outside of romance for what all the world you know, we can see it now. I understand the timing of this now. Things are getting intense. And unless we're in love, we will never survive. Yeah. And so 
what it does is it takes the, the reader through this journey of intimacy with Christ, the lover, so that in the end, we can understand we were chosen for the harvest and what this means for the church. And so that's where I hope they continue on the journey to understand why this matters so much. We have to catch the world with our hooks of intimacy or they'll never be interested and they really will perish. It's not just a neat little thing that we say, you know, like it's almost become so normal in our Christianese, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll perish for if you don't have eternal life, basically. Yeah. No, there's going to be a living perishing. Yeah. And, and it is painful uh, to think about, but you don't have to go through it. If, if you know him in this way and you're hidden under his wings of love and romance. So, yeah, you know, that's um, ultimately where I hope they stick with it. So yes. They that. Yes. I mean, as you were talking, I was just thinking about like, you know, when I was in Israel, I got to see a threshing floor and they showed us some of the tools that are used to thresh the chaff off of the wheat. And I think, and I, just as you were talking, I almost like saw this picture where it's like, Oh gosh, well, we're threshed. No, Christ is threshed for us. Yes. Yes. I mean, there's a beating that happens. And he is like, and it's like we're going through stuff because it's being removed, but we're not the one taking the really severe beating. He did that for us. And yes, I just like that, even like I'm like, oh my gosh, now this book is even better. Just this is this moment thinking about like. Well, and you're so right. It feels like if we give ourselves over to this process, oh, we're just taking a beating. No, no, he took it. You're so right. He took it. And all we have to do is get under the grace of it. Does it always feel good? No, because we're selfish. (laughs) We're so selfish. We want what we want when we want it. Uh, Yep, (laughs) exactly. Um, I know that you went through a lot of this and, you know, and in my little, you know, community online, I'm really like zeroing in and honing in on finding refuge in God's word. And so I'm imagining that you had a verse that anchored you down. And if you could share kind of with us how God's word sheltered you through this process. Well, I started it with the verse that called me to all of this. Let me, let me find it. Oh, I thought it was right. Well, I said I, it's supposed to be, I don't even know my own book. I just got a copy of this. Here it is. <laughs> People were asking me, can I get a copy? Uh, yeah, I don't have a copy yet. I just got it. I don't know where anything is in it. Okay, I found it. I was right. It is in the beginning. <laughs> this is the verse that really called me, that the whole reason that I started writing. It said, I started by saying, because my favorite book will always be the one I am writing with him. And so here's the text. It's out of Psalm 66, 16 through 20 out of the Passion Translation. All you lovers of God who want to please him, come and listen, and I'll tell you what he did for me. I cried aloud to him with all my heart, and he answered me. Now my mouth overflows with the highest praise. Yet, if I had closed my eyes to my sin, the Lord would have closed his ears to my prayer. But praises rise to God, for he paid attention to my prayer and answered my cry to him. I will forever praise this God who didn't close his heart when I prayed and never said no when I asked him for help. He never once refused me 
to show his, or I'm sorry, he never once refused to show me his tender love. So that's what is just like, I've got to tell this story. It's too small. It's my heart's too small to contain it. It has to come out. Let me just get this out. You know, all you lovers of God come and listen and I'll tell you what he did for me. That's why I started writing. That is just so beautiful. I love that. So you didn't just start this book, like just kind of out of the blue with no other ministry and partnership that was helping you and sheltering you and guiding you. So um, I actually met you through your partner, Tabitha Haynes. Mm -hmm. And um, so can you tell us a little bit as we kind of close out our interview about your partnership ministry, Havar International, and kind of what you guys are up to? Yeah. So one of my favorite things to talk about. Uh, So when I was coming to the floor, the Lord took all my friendships away. And he was, I guess, trying to make sure if I was pretty serious about this. And so I was, but a few months in. He brought in my friend, Tabitha, who would later become my best friend and known as my VAR. And I'll explain that. Um, So now we have an international ministry. We just started it. uh, Well, it's been in the works for a while, but we started under another name. It was just kind of this small little hobby that we did. And and then the Lord blew it up and renamed it and put international on the end of it. So what it is, is we, we say that God is combining two Hebrew words, haver, which is, which means friend or companion and havar, which means yoke together for a heavenly task. And so our main mission is to bind women together in friendship to release good works on the earth. So you can find out just all of our information. It's havarinternational.com. We're on this social media as um, Havar, or you can look up because how this started was a podcast. And so we have taken Havar and Havar, shortened it and made little nicknames that we call each other. And now Jenny, you're one, but (laughs) we call each other Var, like Havar, hey Var. Um, So that's what our podcast is called is hey, like H-E-Y. Var, hey Var. And so that's how you can find us on iTunes. And we're just really, we have a heart, not only for friendship, but to see it in motion. Because what the Lord is really doing right now is he's changing the way that we do women's ministry in the 21st century. He's just taking us into all these new realms where not only do you now gather just around play dates and coffee tables, but he's saying, I'm putting women in covenant with each other to actually help each other walk out the assignments on your lives because they're too big to carry alone. And so we often say too, that Havar means we're helping women carry the weight of their lives together or the weight of their water the water of their lives together. Those things get heavy. And so he's given us help and it just makes it fun. It makes it so fun. I just recently had like a, probably the biggest collaboration that I've ever, um, um, you know, experienced uh, in helping another friend, like lead a book, lead a Bible study. And now we're like, what's next? And what's next? And we've got like things that are starting to go together. And yes. I, as I've listened to your podcast over time, I've been like, Lord, I want a friend to do this with. 
And it's amazing how he will often answer that prayer when the time is right, when that person is ready. And she came to me even. And, um, but and you know what? He answers God. it because when your heart, when you hear that message and you're like, oh my gosh, you mean I can have a friend that actually helps me walk out the purpose on my life? Who's going to care? Who's going to actually invest into me? Then friendship. Then he's like, those are two women that I can really do something with. You know, if he's just, if you're just sitting in the living room, not even thinking that this matters to him. It's just a play date. It's just a whatever. It's like a, you know, uh, he cares way more about friendship than that way more. And so we've just got his heart, you know, we feel like for this and I, and it's tell me if this is not true. When you start doing one thing, it is contagious and you just want to keep doing, it's like addictive. So not only do other people watch you do it and they want to do it, but you kind of get addicted to it yourself. And you can't stop. And I think that's the point. (laughs) I know. I know. And it keeps you going, like sitting down and brainstorming something yourself feels like such an enormous task. And it's not that, I mean, not really that we're doing it by ourselves. We're doing it with the Lord. Yeah. But, but we're doing it through our limited filter. (laughs) So when he says, I give you this now take it to your friend, I've, I've purposefully and perfectly designed her to compliment this. So I cannot tell you all the things in my life that I have been waiting to birth, Mm -hmm. to see the fulfillment of. And I get frustrated with God because I'm like, you're not telling me how to do this. (laughs) And then finally it dawned on me because he's given me a friend. He never intended for me to have to do it alone. I can't sustain this stuff. It's too much. It's too big. It's too, it's too much. And so in his mercy, he was like, no, I've given you a friend and she helps me. I mean, to your point, like this book would never, never have made it to print without her. So what happened is I kept saying, I think I have a book and I kept trying to put it out as some free PDF to people just to get it off my plate. And she's like, are you crazy? So she to in order to learn how to even publish I know she didn't know how to do this she wrote a little 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 22 page I know but it's so good it's so good so good it's called here let's let's do a little it's called girl take yourself off the shelf you were made to shine by Tabitha Haynes T-A-B-A T-H-A Tabitha Haynes yes I will, well, the, I will put the, I'll put the links for both of your books in the yes. notes and yeah, please yeah. do. So she says, no VAR, we're not sending your book out, your life's work in a PDF. So she gets this download um, of a book herself, puts it to print. I edit it. And then she learns how to publish on Amazon with a little thing, because you know, the bigger they get, the harder. Yes, that's harder. So we started with a little thing and now guess what? So I put out chosen and then last week, the Lord gave me a new book (laughs) in five days, five days. I started it one morning and yesterday it went live on Amazon. Yesterday? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't stop this. That's what I'm saying. You can't stop it. (laughs) Once you get a friend and bar and, you know, Havar it out, you cannot stop this train. It's so important. 
so agree with you. Um, Stacey, thank you so much for joining me today. This was like so great and so encouraging. And Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. I mean, I just wish you all the best for Thank all you. of these uh, just <clears throat> books that are flaming out of you guys and touching the world and helping women come together for the purpose of glorifying the Lord. I love it. Yep. We're just going to keep going. Can I just say one more thing? Yes. One more thing. Go, go for That's it. on my heart. Just real quick. Yeah. yeah. For, you know, since you're an author, I just love that you're even highlighting authors. I mean, this is your world. This is your realm. This is what you're made for. And you just have such a heart for gathering. And I, I've been thinking and just feeling so much the Lord on this lately, but, but learning to love the small. And so there are women out there. I think we can all look at people, authors that we like, love, respect with these huge platforms. And so we just think like, why should I do this? But what I see is this network of women who just love the small. We yeah. love God. And because of that, we love each other. And then we come along and we read each other's books and we championing, we champion each other. And there's just such a grace right now on the quote small because it's not small. And this network is beautiful to the Lord. And he loves it when we honor each other. And it's not about the fame. It's about the faithfulness. Mm. And that's where the, the favor falls. It falls on the faithful. So I just, I just thank you so much because you make this small space so beautiful, just really Aww. beautiful for, for all of us who write. And then for all of us who get to learn about each other's books and, you know, this, this is an act of worship for so many of us and no one should feel like they can't do it because it will never be on a big stage. That's not the point, yeah. not the goal. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I, you know, have had that reckoning, of course, like, you know, you, you think you have an idea and you're like, and then I'm going to get a book contract and then I'm going to get, and it's like, no, I'm going to get to know other people and I'm going to show yes. up and give of myself. And if God wants to take that somewhere, that's fine. But just having a smaller community for me just gives me so much life. I don't want to be sitting in a room with a team doing stuff. I want to be this way, you know, yes. interacting with other people in spaces and, um, just really, you know, cultivating community. Yeah. It's, such, it's just such an important thing right now. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, Var, I hope you gleaned the goodness of Jesus while listening to this interview with Stacey March. If you feel your connection to Christ waning in any way, I so highly recommend her book, Chosen, to inspire you to fire up your intimacy with the Lord. Check out the show notes for links to Stacey's book, as well as other resources from Havar International. Thanks for tuning in to the Refuge Podcast, where we cultivate our faith in the shelter of God's word. 